Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. But it's not John Hall and Kathy Emmons because John Hall's taking a few days off. But I am Kathy Emmons, happy to be with you today on this Wednesday. Happy to be here with New Mike as well. Um, you know, we've been talking over the last couple days, nine in particular, about National Poetry Month. Now you're thinking, really? Is, is this what she's going to talk about poetry? Yes, I am. And here's why. Because I have admitted to the listening public that I hate poetry and that I wish I was different. And yet this is who I am. Um, last week, John uh, brought a couple of the preeminent English professors in America uh, on our program uh, to deal with me because he said that there was some kind of problem in my development. He, he called it like a gap in my development, I think. And uh, anyway, the gap in my development was that I had never learned to sit down and read a poem. I mean, I've read poems. I've done it. But it's so hard for me. I mean, I'm busy. Like, I have stuff to do. I have news to read. I have, like, you know, interest stories to get into my head. Like, sitting down and reading a poem is hard. But all of that, I'm just going to put it aside because it's National Poetry Month. And so after all this urging from John and my other, you know, English friends and my daughter, who's like a great poet and has wanted me to love poetry for the rest of my life, for the whole of my life, I'm turning over a new leaf. Every single day of April for National Poetry Month, I'm reading a poem. I'm committed to it. And up to this point, I have to say, I've kind of liked it. Now, I don't love it. And the only reason I'm reading these poems is because I'm committed to it and I feel like I have to. It's not like I'm into it, but I am doing it. So uh, Mike has picked a, a certain musical cut that he feels like is emblematic of my search to love and enjoy poetry. Uh, Mike, could you play my poetry music? Mm -hmm. Now, the poem today, again, sent to me by my daughter. This is one I've heard before. And I got to tell you, it's terrific. You may have heard of it. It's pretty common if I've heard of it. Holy Sonnets, Death Be Not Proud, by John Donne. Death, be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkst thou dost overthrow, die not, poor death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which by thy pictures be much pleasure... Then from thee much more must flow, and soonest our best men with thee do go. Rest of their bones and souls delivery. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dust with poison, war, and sickness dwell. And poppy or charms can make us sleep as well, and better than thy stroke, why swell'st thou then? One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die. Mike, what do you think? I mean, it's pretty good, isn't it? That's strong. That was amazing. Does that make you like poetry? I'm starting to be a poetry fan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> really? I'm, yes. Because you've heard the six I've read, and it's, it's, it's like bringing, bringing you over to the other side? It is. 
No, I like it. Kind of embarrassed about okay, it. Okay, no, I don't think you should be embarrassed. All right, coming up on the program, uh, we're going to be talking to Joe Sweeney. He's the founder and CEO of something called the Acervo Project. If you want to know how best to fight global human trafficking, there are a bunch of different ways. You can attack it from a bunch of different perspectives, but I bet you that you've never thought of attacking it from the perspective that Joe Sweeney is attacking it from. So we'll talk to him in just a couple minutes. But before then, Mike, it's a big night in Pittsburgh. Yes, it's a black and gold night in Pittsburgh. It's it's a great day for hockey, Kat. It's a special celebration is what it is. I love it. I don't know this song, but it sounds like you're having a good time. This is an old school wow. Is it? Hockey night in Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. I like it. Anyway, hey, go Pens. Thrash the Flyers. And that's the nicest thing I can say on radio. Yeah. There's a lot more coming up. We're so happy you're along with us today on Wednesday's Ride Home. 101.5 If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390-9012 today. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Salem Media Group of Pittsburgh, parent company of this station, is looking for a full-time traffic assistant receptionist to work 30 hours a week, 11 to 5, Monday through Friday. Previous radio experience with order entry as a board operator or working with logs is a must, along with a knowledge of radio terminology and traffic procedures. Assist with order entry log prep and reconciliation and invoicing, plus front-end reception and other administrative duties. Apply now at wordfm.com slash jobs. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. So happy you've joined us today on the ride home. I'm Kathy Emmons, John Hall taking a day off. 
And I'm happy to be joined in studio today with uh, by Joe Sweeney. Joe's the founder and CEO of the Acervo Project. He's also a former SWAT operator, a bomb squad commander, and U.S. government explosive security specialist. And that is a lot. Joe, welcome. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Pleasure to be here. Okay, Joe, so talk about you being overseas. Um, and first of all, what were you doing there? We were over there working in the anti-terrorism assistance program. Okay, and how long ago was that? Uh, two years. Okay. All right, so anti-terrorism stuff, can you be specific about what that is, or is it? Is no, it- no, sure. We uh, we ally with nations that are uh, friendly to the United States, and we provide training in different uh, disciplines in explosive okay. countermeasures okay. and operations. Okay. Um, and as you were doing that, um, you became aware of the issue of sex trafficking. Yes. We work in eight-man teams, and discussions were about U.S. children being missing <clears throat> and kidnapped in the United States. Okay. So I started to research it because they asked me to be a part of the program when I'm home. Typically, we contract over 60, 90 days overseas, mm-hmm. and we're home for two or three months at a time. Okay. So I so, and, that, and, that, and that's what you do continually? Continually. Wow. Yeah. It's demanding. And, and, well, and sometimes there's different timelines sometimes you're home longer sometimes you're home shorter before you leave again okay so it's a pretty unpredictable schedule for sure so as we looked into this and i started researching i was exposed to the scope of human trafficking and child exploitation and to be honest i was i was shocked at the the scope of the epidemic globally and also here in the united states Hmm. so Without trying to get get too specific about the work you were doing, um, you said you were looking for some American kids that were missing. No, these were these were colleagues of mine that do this when they're home. Oh, okay, okay. And they approached me about being involved in that program when I was back home in between my contract. Okay, and work. so how did they know that you might be someone interested in that? Well, we all work in the same circles. Mm, okay, you know, so you kind of get to know each other. Sure, as a SWAT operator and also a lot of special forces guys that we work with on our teams overseas. Mm-hmm. In our downtime, we have these discussions on what we're doing when we're back here. Okay. And so what did they tell you about the extent of the issue of sex trafficking? Well, actually, I found that by my research. Primarily, they were offering uh, support in the kidnapping of American children. And then as I started to research that that epidemic, articles of human trafficking, child exploitation started to come up, and I started to research those. So I wasn't even looking into human trafficking. You were just looking into kidnapping. Kidnapping of American children. In America or overseas? In America. Yeah. Typically, the, the, the cases they work were parents, one was a foreign national, one was American for whatever reason, or by design, the marriage breaks up, they illegally take the children to another country. So in researching that problem, I was exposed to human trafficking. And then I was, I was realized uh, 40 million victims globally in human trafficking, $150 billion criminal enterprise. And, and I just 40 couldn't million victims. 40 million. And I would say that's underreported. That's what they can identify. There's 300,000 children in the United States every year at risk to be sexually abused or physically abused. What would put a child at risk for that? It starts in the home. It starts with family members or known people in the family, friends. And it usually occurs before anybody even realizes it's been occurring. It could be years before somebody actually sees some type of behavior issue, some type of change in a child that they've been abused. Hmm. The reason I asked whether the children are in danger here or overseas is it's a lot easier to believe that it's not happening here. But you're saying that it's every bit as dangerous or more so in our own backyard. Yeah, it's occurring here in Pittsburgh. 
It's occurring in Pennsylvania and all across the United States. All right. So how do we not? I mean, we've heard about it. Obviously, this is an issue that we've talked about in the air, uh, you know, John and I over the years, at least 20 different times. But if you would ask probably the average Pittsburgher, I bet they would know very little about sex trafficking. That's true. Law enforcement hasn't had the resources to truly investigate this crime. And now it is starting to get some awareness. It is starting to get some some traffic, like here. We're, mm-hmm. we're going on radio. We're going on TV. We're having awareness and educational briefings at colleges, high schools, other community groups, churches. For the longest time, it's always been it's always been masked as the victim, victimless crime, especially sex trafficking. It's been labeled as prostitution. And the force and coercion that the traffickers apply on their victims, when even when they're arrested, they won't tell the police that they're being trafficked. So they just right. they just give the statement like, this is what I want to do because they're in fear of their life or their family's life. Right. Okay. So so you're saying that if a young girl is involved in sex trafficking, if authorities find her and they, they suspect that's what's going on, then they say, listen, are you a victim of sex trafficking? But because of the fear of her current situation, you don't know what her captors are going to do to her or do to her family or whatever. She just says, no, I'm not. I'm here because I want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. They'll sit there and they will and say, I'm doing this because I want to. So you might as well let me go because I'm going right back to work tomorrow. Okay. So there's nothing an officer can do at that point. Usually not. Usually not. It's a trust factor. It's a trust factor because they don't feel if they do talk to the officer and explain to them what's actually going on, that they can't be protected. Because the pimps or the traffickers, and that's synonymous, those two terms, will be out of jail. And then they'll target their family themselves. And many times they have children that they leverage the children that if they don't meet a quota or a dollar amount every day, we've uh, have seen statements from uh, victims that say they threaten to put my four or five-year-old in the child sex trafficking ring or child pornography. So this is the leverage they use across these victims. All right. Let's go back again. Talk to me about what puts kids at risk. So you say it starts in the family. Um, so kids who are abused at home yes. have a higher risk of being involved in trafficking. Why? Because they try to leave home? Because they try to find another circumstance and you they know, end up in this? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a it's a it's um, an awareness of how they look at themselves as they grow older. The data shows anybody that has been abused or sexually abused or had a dis- very dysfunctional family life, there are higher percentages that those folks either end up as victims in trafficking or traffickers themselves. Okay. So there, okay. So there's already a deficit in some emotional or psychological development. What about kids that are runaways or addicts? Yes. These, these track, these traffickers are the masters at manipulation. They can recognize body behavior. They can recognize people with strong wills, weak wills, somebody who's looked. Um, okay. So where are they recognizing them? Bus stations, is a prime recruiting ground. Colleges, prime recruiting really? ground. Yes. Okay. Anywhere, um, anywhere where there is activity for um, runaways to get work, runaways that maybe are promised, and, and a lot of times they build relationships with them first. They they get their trust. They date them for six months. They buy them clothes, and they groom them. It starts with a relationship. That's another oh. way. There there's several models of how they get recruited and how they get groomed. 
We're talking to Joe Sweeney. Joe's the founder and CEO of the Acervo Project, which we're going to hear more about in just a little bit. Uh, Joe's a former SWAT operator, bomb squad commander, and U.S. government explosive security specialist. Joe, we need to step away. Uh, when we come back after the break, I want to hear about the Acervo Project. And I want to hear, like, if I'm at the bus station, how I can see if something's going on that I need to step in and report something to. Joe Sweeney, more coming up next. If credit card debt has you down, nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit score. So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Are you ready to pay off your credit cards in less time or less money? Then call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free no-obligation debt analysis. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. How many times a day can you fuel up and go at CVS Pharmacy? Let's find out. It's 8 a.m. and you're leaving the gym. You head to CVS to refuel and boom, two for $6 Belvita breakfast bars. That afternoon, the slump hits. Vending machine? Nope, CVS, where boom, two forty-nine Special K Nourish Bites. Finally, it's 5 p.m., so you hit CVS before the commute and boom, two for $3 Think Thin Bars. Stop by CVS Pharmacy and fuel up and go on smarter snacking and beverage options. Restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash weekly ad for details. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals, seeking a skilled labor position, or administrative work. Maybe you're an executive looking for a career that fits. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. Visit ExpressPros.com slash Pittsburgh West. You can't change the whole world, but you can be part of the change in the world for a child living in poverty by becoming a Compassion International Child Sponsor. You can choose a child to sponsor now at Compassion.com slash radio. That's Compassion.com slash radio. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping. Like today, get away twice as long for half the price. At Laurelville Christian Retreat Center, enjoy a two-night stay in their single-family cabin in a safe and scenic woodland environment. Just 45 minutes from Pittsburgh, a $250 value. Yours for just $125. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Rather cloudy tonight with a little bit of rain developing towards daybreak, low 45. Tomorrow, clouds will give way to some sunshine, turning windy and warmer with highs right around 70 degrees. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night, low 56. Friday, partly sunny, breezy, and even warmer with a high of 78 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. The epidemic of human trafficking is a $150 billion criminal enterprise globally. It is a very lucrative business that puts billions of dollars in these traffickers' pockets. You know, we have to think about the type of product that we're talking about. 
Something like drugs can only be sold once. A human can be sold over and over and over again. From 2010 to 2015, human trafficking has grown 846%. There are many different tactics that a trafficker uses to get their victims to stay in trafficking. They instill so much fear into these people. They're afraid to go to law enforcement. They're told that what's happening to them is their fault, that no one's going to help them, that no one's going to want them anymore. The average age for a girl to be trafficked is 11 to 15 years old. The average lifespan of a victim once they enter the slave trade is said to be seven years. By the end of each day, 2,880 people enter the slave trade. And only 1% of that ever gets rescued. Those are shocking statistics. Uh, we're talking to Joe Sweeney, founder and CEO of something called the Acervo Project. Joe's a former SWAT operator, bomb squad commander, and U.S. government explosive security specialist. And he's joining us to talk about this issue of global human trafficking. Um, there was a stat I just heard, Joe, 846%. What was that? Yeah, that's the increase in human trafficking in the past, I believe it was five years. It's just, I can't even get my head around that figure. I can't get my, where does this demand for victims come from? It's our culture. This culture and our society today has breeded this criminal enterprise. The lack of family, the lack of faith, the lack of morals that we teach our children, um, it has literally caused this culture and this society, and it, and for years, I mean, this has been going on for hundreds of years, slavery. But in the past 50 years or so, people have seen a way to turn it into a criminal financial boom. These, these traffickers, the upper-level traffickers, are very organized. It is literally like a cartel. They move their money around in the deep web. They move their money offshore accounts. They have CPAs. They have attorneys. They literally have built a criminal enterprise that is very, very difficult to combat. Okay, so you've worked for years overseas. You've worked with trying to equip a lot of good people to fight a lot of bad people. Probably be the best way for me to put it. Sure. So this type of activity, this, this, you know, people storing money, moving it on the dark web is not a surprise to you. But were you surprised at the enormity of this issue, of this enterprise? I was. I was. I had no idea the scope was as large as it is with the number of victims and the number of children being trafficked. Um, and it's the deviant culture that has the demand. So this is us. This is us. We, ha- we have identified folks that actually literally go in the deep web, and they will ask for a 9-year-old boy. They will ask for a 10-year-old girl. And the prices are coinciding with that demand. They'll ask for 14-year-olds. It's like ordering a pizza. <clears throat> and then they just keep moving them around. And they all communicate in this in this section of the web, and they all have this network that for years, law enforcement just didn't have the manpower to, to chase it. It's massive. It, this, is a, this is second to drugs, to the opioid and other narcotics epidemic and financial uh, GDP. Actually, it's, it, it grosses more than 10 countries' entire GDP. Qatar, Peru, just to Come name on. a few. Yes. And, and when I realized this, that's that's what it, it kept coming coming back to me. And I'd come home and I'd talk to my wife and I said, we have to do something. Do some, yeah. The men and women that I work with all have special skills. I said, we have these people that we can talk what, to. What, what, what kind of special skills? They have cyber analytics, uh, 
counterintelligence, human intelligence gathering, signal intelligence. I, and I, we discussed about bringing all these people under one banner, mm-hmm. one banner to dedicate ourselves to fighting this epidemic from an operational standpoint by partnering with law enforcement and just sharing information. We also have developed a training and educational awareness section of our of our uh, banner where we go out to the to different groups we talked about, the schools, the colleges, other NGOs. Mm-hmm. By awareness at talking to parents and young children, we can identify that these things occur. We can teach them some of the signs of how these people come up to recruit or how do they befriend them. They flatter them. You know, you're beautiful. And it all starts with the behavior of the person. They can tell if a person is insecure. They can mm-hmm. tell if a person's a runaway. You know, within 48 hours of a runaway, they're typically approached by a traffic. How many hours? 48. Come on. 48 hours. They hang in airports. They hang in bus terminals. They hang in trains, truck stops, anywhere where these runaways may find themselves. Okay. So I want to go back to demand for a minute because you laid out the fact that if there was, if, if, if there weren't people who wanted to look at child pornography or wanted to engage in deviant sexual acts with kids, this wouldn't be – there would be no market. That's correct. There would be no market. Okay, so, so you know, I, I'm talking to, over the air to tens of thousands of people right now, uh, a huge percentage of which have looked at pornography today or will look at pornography today. Are you saying that looking at pornography is contributing to this market? Absolutely, especially with the child pornography as well as adult pornography. Many of these people are also coerced into making these films. It's not always street sex. I'll give you a stat that you're probably not going to believe. The United States <clears throat> is the largest consumer and producer of child pornography in the world. The demand is here. The demand is here. And then it's also, of course, exported globally. So we have to recognize and come to grips with the fact that we are doing this to these children. Correct. That even if we are not the person who's looking on the dark web and putting in a request for an eight-year-old kid, we are allowing that to happen by what we're looking at online or the movies we're viewing or whatever we're doing that is contributing to this market that exists. 100%. If the demand wasn't there, this would not be $150 billion criminal enterprise. Joe Sweeney's with us, founder and CEO of the Acervo Project. We need to step away. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Acervo Project, what Joe is doing, um, what his colleagues are doing, and what you can do to fight sex trafficking yourself. It's today's Ride Home. WORD. On Through the Bible Radio this week, Dr. McGee and Nehemiah take us on a tour of the gates of Jerusalem. But don't jump to conclusions yet. This isn't a boring list of hard-to-pronounce names and dull accounts of building repairs. Join us for the studies in the book of Nehemiah, and you'll learn that these dilapidated and too often neglected gates actually retell the gospel message. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Give those old, saggy, leaky gutters a good spring cleaning the easy way by saying goodbye to them for good. Protect your home from water damage and stay off the ladder with LeafGuard, the only patented 
patented one-piece seamless covered gutter system. No more leaves and debris. LeafGuard attaches directly to the fascia with patented internal brackets using screws, not nails. So it's not coming down even in rough weather. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS and get LeafGuard now and take advantage of great savings like 75% off labor and installation. That's 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS. Call now and you'll even get a free $100 restaurant.com gift card along with your in-home estimate. Call 855 the number 4 new gutters and get LeafGuard today. 855 the number 4 new gutters. All offers subject to terms and restrictions. See anglergutter.com/currentoffers. Subject to change without notice. LeafGuard PA license PA1263571. You run your HVAC unit more than you run your car. But would you go a whole year without servicing your car? Prolong your unit's life and avoid expensive breakdowns with Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong. Of course, if you have an emergency, a Pellis tech is available 24 hours a day with after-hour calls returned within 15 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. That's a passion of mine, serving an underserved population. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock on treating special needs patients. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. It takes some patience. That's about it. And I try to provide that with every one of my patients, special needs or not. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. On Perry Highway in Wexford, visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10, right here on 101.5 Word FM. This hour, the conversation is around fighting global human trafficking, and I've invited Joe Sweeney to the program today, founder and CEO of the Acervo Project. If you're just joining us, Joe is a former SWAT operator, a bomb squad commander, and U.S. government explosive security specialist. Joe, for people that have just uh, come on the air with us, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you first heard about this when you were doing your work. And so talk about your work a little bit. Well, currently I'm a contractor in, in the U.S. State Department anti-terrorism program. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we deploy overseas supporting nations that are allied with the United States in common goals. And we do training programs for them and identification of certain certain things that they uh, will find in their country, typically war countries or other countries that are suffering from terrorism. And so in your travels uh, with all the colleagues that you've met, people who have different specializations or specialties, um, you heard about global human trafficking a couple years ago, and you were just amazed when you investigated and realized the scope. Yeah, the scope was amazing. $150 billion. I, I, I couldn't even fathom that number, you know, primarily. And that's forced labor trafficking as well. It's not all sex trafficking. It's forced labor. 
Um, I actually lived in the Middle East for almost a year, a couple of years ago, as an advisor, and we saw the forced labor there, human rights violations. Uh, that was the first time I was exposed to the forced labor piece. But, of course, we had a different job, different mission. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't give it much thought because it was just part of the culture and the country I was in. It's the, it was the reality for you. For sure. But then you looked into it here and you realized this is our reality, too. Yeah, I think the sex trafficking dollars here is in excess of $35 billion, and that's an underreported crime even, as well. I can't get my head around these numbers. I just can't. You know, well, the biggest event is Super Bowl. I mean, who would think? And it's because of all the people coming in. Traveling, the hotels, they start booking it. They start. They can see the, the girls being trafficked in. They can see these suspects and these traffickers moving in. Uh, and the problem is they can identify them, but the victims will not tell law enforcement that they're being trafficked because they are in fear of their life or they're in fear of their children's life that are being held over their heads as a force. And, and so officials are in a cash 22 for the most part, yes. But there are other groups. You know, the, the, the model is we partner with law enforcement and we are an information sharing organization. We can provide cyber analysts. We can provide counterintelligence. We can provide human intelligence and surveillance. Okay, so that's what's different about the Acervo Project. I mean, we've had a, a bunch of organizations come on and talk about anti-human trafficking efforts, but yours is different. So talk about the, the technology expertise that you're hoping to use and your partnership with law enforcement. How does this, how's the Acervo Project different? Well, this started with the men and women I work with. Everybody has a skill set that uh, is part of our mission, and that's what drove this model. So and, you're, we, and the skill sets you're talking about are? They're cyber analysts, people that know their way on the deep web, software programs that can be used to start to track the communications. It's very difficult, but not 100% impossible, but it takes time. It takes time, work, and information as we get fed this information. I don't want to get too in detail with our with our tactics, but uh, so we're able to track that in open source internet and also the deep web we also have counterintelligence specialists where we take data and we overlay it and we look for trends we look for data points that make sense as far as previous suspects are they moving or they've been identified in certain areas so we can put human intelligence people on the ground to also physically track and identify locations are they moving these people by truck by train by airplane by bus so we combine all this information and we overlay it and we share that with law enforcement. And then law enforcement builds the case, makes the arrest, prosecute, and hopefully convict. Then as, the, as we do get survivors and victims, uh, we also support them with with some dollars to get them to a facility for recovery and, and the medical and psychological treatment. that they And then a need. different organization can take over. Correct. To help reestablish and get them reintegrated into society. Yes, we've partnered with several. We've partnered with several federal law enforcement agencies as well as state and local, and we've also partnered with some of these recovery organizations. So the Acervo Project is looking, your hope is, Joe, to work hand-in-hand hand with law enforcement. Yes, very much so. So you are, are you hoping to make up, you mentioned earlier, that there's a deficit, there's just not enough manpower in current law enforcement to deal with a project of this magnitude. Correct. We're trying to fill that void. You know, they don't have the budget or the manpower for weeks of investigation yeah. to track two or three traffickers moving 50, 50 women or children or men, for that matter. So we're trying to fill that void. And it's information that we gather and we simply share it with law enforcement and nobody else. That's the model. Well, Joe, first of all, it's an immense, an immense problem. 
Um, and you were blunt earlier in saying if we all didn't contribute in looking at pornography and viewing pornography, if we didn't do that as Americans, this market would collapse. It would certainly But, but we're keeping this going. Yes. We are keeping this going. So the first thing we could do to help end human sex trafficking is to stop our consumption of pornography. Yes. The very first thing. Okay. Second of all, what about <clears> – <throat> Our own families. What about looking out for our kids, our nieces, our nephews, the kids in our neighborhoods? Well, the first thing is technology. If they're old enough to have a cell phone or they're on a computer, monitor it. Monitor who they're talking to. Put the filters on there. Check it. You're not impeding on their rights. You know, they're your kids. You're paying for it. You're paying for it, and you know, you, you, you're know, you responsible for their life. I would certainly look at all of that technology and make sure that they're using it properly because it's all on every phone. You walk around, everything's right there. Right. The chats can start. The conversations can start. That's the first thing. Uh, who your children, when they play or they do sleepovers or go over people's homes, know the family. Know if the parents are going to be home. You know, not an adult child or their friends as well. Uh, you have to be short of a helicopter parent potentially, but you have to know where your kids are, who's with them. What are they doing? Whether they're, what they're being exposed to. What if I'm at the bus station, Joe, and I see what would I look for that would allow me to see that maybe someone is attempting to be trafficked? Well, you would look for somebody that seems lost, unsure of themselves, in their head down, they no eye contact. Um, somebody that could also look distressed, you know, sad potentially if they're a runaway. You'll look for people to come up to them, and flattery is the first thing. Hey, you're gorgeous. Uh, you know what? I know this modeling agency. We're always recruiting for models. You know, this mm-hmm. is why we're down here. And they just start this relationship of flattery and they buy them things. Let me buy you a cup of coffee. Next thing you know, maybe they go with them on a bus to somewhere. Hey, we're heading to Cleveland. We're doing a modeling show there. Why don't you come with us? That's all it takes. That's all it takes That's because it takes. they can identify susceptible men and women and manipulate them. They're, they're the masters at it. They're the masters. And before you know it, and, and one of the other ways, too, is back into our children that are maybe high school age or grade school age. It's these selfies. They talk them into taking photos of themselves, you know, nude photos of themselves. Next thing you know, they're leveraging that or they film other things that they're doing potentially. And and that's another way of coercion and forcing them. That, hey, we're going to tell your mom. We're going to tell your, your principal. We're going to tell everybody, your church, your pastor. Unless you come with us. Unless, unless you, you come do, with us. Right. Hey, do, or do this one time for me. We'll have enough money. Then we'll be able to move out. You know, we can get our own place. The models of how they recruit are in the dozens, in the dozens. And they all look at it from the person that is susceptible and they apply whatever model in their mind they think that they can hook them, gain their trust, and then manipulate them. So if I see someone I think is in that situation who looks afraid, won't make eye contact, head down, all those sorts of things, say I'm at the mall or I'm at the bus station, wherever I am, what does it take? Does it just take me going up and saying, hey, are you okay? You could do that. I'd also notify security. Okay. You know, because – they don't trust anybody, right? They're, they're a little bit unsure of themselves. So these these individuals have a way of approaching that for whatever reason, <clears throat> they get a response. But you certainly could go, hey, you okay? Is there anything I can help you with? That certainly would be an approachable conversation to them. Okay, let's talk about awareness. Um, the Asovo Project is unique. Uh, I love what you're doing. Talk about how people can learn more about you and maybe tell others about your organization. Great. Well, First thing, you could visit us on our website, and that's at theaservoproject.org. 
There's a contact page on our website. We'd ask you to fill it out. Uh, it goes right to our staff in our office, and we'll get back to you. We can talk about how you can help, um, what, what your interests are, what maybe contacts you have, um, whatever the case may be. We could certainly love to meet with you. We meet with people all the time that reach out to us, and we talk in several ways besides volunteering, of course, donating, uh, introducing us to schools, high schools. Mm-hmm. Some, we, we, that's how we okay. were able to get into some high schools. And we just did a couple colleges, and we okay. have a few more. So Recommendations that, from yeah. one person to another. What about social media? Do you have a Twitter page or a Facebook page? We have an Instagram and a Facebook okay. page. All right. And we may have a Twitter page. <laughs> that I'm, hasn't I'm not yet. a Twitter guy, <laughs> but we can check. Uh, okay, great. And, you know, follow our page, like our page. And if you, and also, we actually had somebody reach out to us on a case out of Philadelphia. They thought their cousin was being trafficked. And they actually instant messaged us from our Facebook page. We investigated. We assisted with that. And okay. here she was she was abducted and robbed. She wasn't trafficked. But um, so we, we get... We get inquiries. Okay, so anyways. you so you would be open to that if someone was concerned and they sent you some information. Sure. Website's better. Okay. Right? Okay, the website is theaservoproject.org. Uh, the commercial break, I'll try to get this up on our Facebook page. You can find all the details there. Um, Joe Sweeney, thank you. Well, thank you very thank much. Thank you for being here, but thank you for all of your efforts in this regard. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and we thank you. Okay. Um, you know, I'd love to be a part of the solution here, and I hope that you want to be part of this solution as well. So find us online on Facebook or The Ride Home with John and Kathy, and uh, look for a link, The Acervo Project. The website is theacervoproject.org. Joe Sweeney, do your part. If you drive down the street of any large shopping area, you will notice a number of mattress stores. They are everywhere, and it really makes you wonder if one is any different from another. This is Ron Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and there is one mattress retailer that is truly different from the rest. In fact, there is one mattress retailer that is not really a retailer at all. At the Original Mattress Factory, we consider ourselves to be a manufacturer first and a retailer second. This separates us from the pack because our focus is on building the finest quality mattress sets available. Most of our sets feature a two-sided mattress construction, stitched cotton upholstery, and real working box springs. In addition, we don't play the retail games that are so prevalent today. No phony sales or high-pressure sales tactics. Just quality products at an honest value. So stop into one of our stores and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at antiochianvillage.org. I'm having that 659 feeling again. What? 
You know that mini panic attack right before the workday starts when you're sure you've forgotten something? Nope, that's my favorite time of day. I work with Cintas, so I always know we're ready for the workday. They handle our uniforms, fire extinguishers, first aid, safety training, floor mats, and restroom supplies. I think I need to call Cintas. They might just make a morning person out of you. Oh, I'm ready! Learn how Cintas can help you get ready for the workday. Visit Cintas.com. The downside to having good children are the bumper stickers. Mother's Day weekend, Word FM presents Ladies' Night Out with comedian Amy Barnes. They come home with a bumper sticker for everything they do, and then they get really hurt if you don't want to put it on your car. Friday, May 11th at Impact Christian Church in Moon Township. I'm like, honey, I wanted to put it someplace where I was going to see it all the time because I'm so proud of you. I almost never see the back of the car. With shopping and dinner before the show. Four or five times a day, I look at the bottom of my purse. Look, there it is. Get VIP Tickets now at wordfm.com. One of the partnerships we value most here at Word FM is our partnership with Christian Education. It's something that all of us here believe in, and all of us want to extend to as many people as we possibly can. Now, sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes it does. Sometimes it's the perfect fit for your family, and sometimes it's affordable, which is why the half-price tuition offer at wordfm.com is such an important thing for you to check out. Wordfm.com, if you look at the banner that runs right across the page, you'll see all the information about a half-price tuition that is available. But I'm so happy to welcome uh, Nancy Binger into the program. Nancy is the Vice President for Enrollment Services and Strategic Planning at Judson University, which is a university that I'm just getting to know. So Nancy, thanks so much much for being here. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Nancy. Now, I'm just reading about Judson University over the last couple of days. Is this your first time working with Word FM at Half Price Tuition? This is. Yes, this is a new partnership. Okay, fantastic. So tell us about Judson. So you're out in the Chicago area. Yes, we're about 40 miles west of Chicago, and we're an evangelical Christian school, and we have this great location because we are just a train ride from Chicago. Mm. We're in the middle of a kind of suburbia, but we are secluded in a 90-acre campus surrounded by lots of nature. We're on a river. We have a creek going through campus. There's a pond, lots of wildlife. So it's this really cool setting where you're, you know, see the beauty of uh, God's creation, but then have the access to all the things that college students want to have access to. I got to tell you, it looks like a gorgeous campus. It is. Everybody that comes on, is uh, that's the first thing they say. And because it's kind of secluded, people say, I didn't even know this whole world was back here. So right. I mean, it's, it's very just, cool. It's We're just beautiful. It. And what you're saying about the access. So having, having a secluded college atmosphere that really feels like a campus while at the same time having access to a major city like that, it's like the, it's like yeah. the best of both worlds if you're a college student. It really is. It's a great location. Okay, so talk about the importance of Christian higher education. So we've talked a lot about Christian elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools, but what about higher education? How does that Christian attitude and experience of learning, How why should parents be interested in investigating it? Sure. Well, those college years are so formidable for young adults. You know, they're coming uh, they're breaking away from their parents, trying to find their, their purpose, find out what's important to them. And we just really feel like Christian higher ed is such an important um, element during that time mm-hmm. so that while they're forming who they are and what's important to them, they have the spiritual guidance from Christian professors and staff and fellow peers um, speaking into that and just a constant 
um, challenging of their spiritual life and giving them opportunities to dig into the Bible more and hear from amazing speakers in chapel and just really focusing them as a whole person, not just academics and not just social, but also the spiritual part as well. Nancy, how do you answer the challenge that I hear so often from people, which is, look, you know, my kid's going to be in the world for the rest of their lives. They better figure out what the world is like now. I don't want to send them away to some Christian enclave. What do you say to that? Yeah, so just because you're at a Christian college doesn't take away all of the pressures of the real world at all. And what it really does is it just prepares them even better uh, to deal with what is coming. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, students are coming to school with, you know, anxiety and depression and, you know, the challenges of academics and what am I going to do in my life? And they're just set up so much um, stronger by being in a type of setting like this than being just thrown out there um, without that support right away, right from their parents. And we have, you know, counseling centers and spiritual mentors and just a lot of things of people that can come alongside them and help them create that path to get to the real world instead of, you know, just being blindly wandering into it without good guidance. We're talking about Judson University with Nancy Binger, Vice President for Enrollment Services and Strategic Planning. This is a program partnership that Word FM is involved in. If you go to wordfm.com and look at the banner that's across the top of the page, you can see where half-price tuition is highlighted, then you can click through there and find out more information on Judson University. So talk about what you're offering to prospective parents and families. I mean, this is this is a shocking value. Yeah, sure. So we feel so strongly about the importance of Christian higher ed that we have really focused on making um, it affordable to, to families. And we, we understand the pressures that finances bring, and we also understand that people are, you know, questioning the value of should I spend all this money. And so we um, are partnering with various organizations to get the word out that we will um, we will give um, you an affordable tuition so that you can um, make it happen for your family. And so we're partnering with radio stations to get the word out. Mm-hmm. And um, this this if you enroll in this program, you'll be guaranteed a certain tuition, and uh, you can know that you don't um, you know you can know that you can afford it, and we'll make it work for your family. You know, and, and that's a wonderful opportunity that you're extending, Nancy, because. Oftentimes people say, okay, I want that type of education, but I don't feel like I can take the plunge where you're kind of, you know, making it easy for them. Okay, well, you don't have to take the whole plunge because we'll give you a significant discount here so you can see if you like it. Right, exactly, exactly. That's our, yeah, that's okay. our uh, plan. All right, I love that. Well, Nancy Binger has been with us, Vice President for Enrollment Services and Strategic Planning at Judson University. Nancy, thank you for being part of this you're partnership welcome. that we're offering at Word FM. Really appreciate you. Really appreciate hearing about Judson University and all that it offers. It looks like a just a beautiful campus. So find us at wordfm.com. As I said, look at the top of the page, the banner headline, Half Price Tuitions. There's a section there that's Christian schools, and there's a sec- section there that is university. So click on which one is interesting to you and find out all the details. All right. Um, a couple other things. First off, Word FM also knows that couples fight. And so we want you to know how to fight a good one as Word welcomes Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott to Fight Night. It's a fun event. It's going to be filled with lots of laughs, insight, strategies for your relationship. And it's not just for newlyweds. It's for people who've been together for a while. Or maybe if you're just new, you just started dating, whatever. Anyone who wants to make a good relationship great. Coming up Friday, April 27th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Details for 
that also available at Word FM. All right. So this is something I've been wanting to bring up the last couple of days and all, all sorts of stuff keeps getting in the way. Um, New Mike, I need to ask you a question. It's a little quiz. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So we talk a lot about movies here on the show and you and I particularly love superhero films. Oh, yes. Right? Because we're deep thinkers. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't John, you think? Yeah, John's not a fan. No, John's not a fan. Because he's not just, a deep thinker. Right. I mean, he's just too artsy for that sort of thing. <laughs> anyway, so I've been looking up like box office revenues. Okay. But if you look up box office revenues, like you can't take into account like Black Panther versus something that, you know, came out in the theaters 50 years ago. Right. right? But someone has done that. If someone has adjusted for inflation and come up with the top 100 grossing movies of all time. So if money was equal, do you get what I'm saying? If money was equal and like all the movies were coming out, all the movies had come out in the last year Mm -hmm. and we were able to adjust that we were able to look at them in a list, the top grossing movies of all time. Now, Mike. Yes. I'm not going to read all top 100, obviously, but I'm looking here at the top 10. All righty. And I'm wondering if you want to just yell out what you think might be like the top all-time box office movie hit. Can I do top three? Yep. Okay. And I'm going to tell you if any of them are like you, you've hit the jackpot on any of them. Okay. My top three. Yeah. Three. I'm going to say Top Gun. Uh, top Gun is not in the top ten. Oh, okay. Okay. Two. I'm going to say The Avengers. The Avengers not in the top Gosh. 10 Mike that no two here. no no okay first mm-hmm. first one I'm gonna yeah. say Titanic well you are close Okay. okay, Titanic was not the number one, but Titanic is number five, what? which is very, very high. Okay, uh, so I mean it's good. Uh, Top Gun. I have to be honest; like I've got the top fifty here, and my Top Gun isn't in the top fifty. My I'm friend. so sad. About isn't that. that sad? It's a great movie. I know. Of course, it's is. What do you think that's your favorite movie? That's not my favorite, but it's it's definitely up there. Okay, all right. My favorite movie right now is The Greatest Showman. Oh, I <laughs> hey, guess what. What's that? I think it's at my house. What? I'm pretty sure today's the day. Yeah, I, I pre-ordered it because, you know, I'm a freak and right. I can't help myself. Uh, I believe today's the day it's going to arrive at my house. The Blu-ray edition. <sighs> Lucky dog. I know, but I can't watch it tonight because I have to watch the pens. Okay, you ready for the top 10? I'm ready. Top 10 adjusted for ticket price inflation, domestic grosses of all time. Number 10, this is a favorite of yours, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh my god. You love it. <laughs> Number nine, <laughs> The Exorcist. Seen the it or Exorcist. no? Yeah, seen no. it? No, no me I neither. Never. You know why? Because it's evil. And I, why would you want to watch that? Exactly. Number eight, Dr. Zhivago. I never even heard of that. Oh, Mike. It's a... Mike. Dr. Zhivago? Zhivago. Zhivago. It's an epic Russian story mm. of, of romance, of the step, of misunderstanding, of governmental overreach. It's everything. Womp womp. Doesn't Num- sound appealing to me, sorry. Number seven? Yeah. Jaws. <laughs> We were just talking about that yesterday. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. Number six, The Ten Commandments. What? Yeah. Isn't that a surprise? That's a huge surprise. Did you used to watch that on Easter? Like when you were little? Like the old school uh-huh. Ten Commandments? Yeah, the Charlton oh, yeah. Heston one. My dad was obsessed with is it. Is that right? Okay. Well, that's I'm surp- I was number six. Number five is Titanic, as you said. Number four, okay. E.T. Oh, E.T. I totally you should have thought about e. that. You should have thought about E.T. Number three, my personal fave. The Hills Are Alive with The Sound of Music. Oh, yes. I mean, come on. Do you like Sound of Music? I love it. Do you, are, do. You, are you mocking I'm, me? No, I'm not mo- mocking you. Okay. Number I two. I used to hate it. My wife's into it. And 
but now, now, now but I like it. Of course, it's yeah. like the poetry thing I'm doing. It's right. drawing you in. Yes. Number two, how could you not have guessed this? Star Wars. Oh my gosh. I'm mad at myself. Number one, adjusted for ticket price inflation, the all-time box office winner, films, Gone with the Wind. Gone. Oh. I'm disappointed in that list. list uh, the list isn't here to please you. The list is what it is. It's based on data points. Okay? Just be glad it's a fact, my friend. Have you ever seen Gone with the Wind? No. It's like eight hours long. It's like the longest movie of all time. All right, fine. There's a lot more coming up in hour two. If you're a Tolkien fan or a C.S. Lewis fan, you do not want to miss the next hour. A World War One author bringing together literature and all that we know about Western civilization. That's next on today's Ride Home. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Facebook's CEO told the House Committee he expects to see government regulation of social media. Government regulation is coming to social media, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg concedes. I think that it is inevitable that there will need to be some regulation. So my position is not that there should be no regulation, but I also think that you have to be careful about what regulation you put in place. He made the comment in testimony to the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Zuckerberg says regulations should be drawn so that large companies like his aren't the only ones with the resources to comply. It was a second day of congressional grilling for the Facebook CEO, who faced a wide array of brickbats about its privacy policies and said in answer to one question that his own data was among user information improperly shared. I'm Warren Levinson. Fears about a Mideast war heated up Wall Street today as the Dow plunged 219 points. The Nasdaq dropped 25. This is SRN News. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our Red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Want to be free from toxic relationships? Your cry has been heard. Bethany Baptist Church presents Toxic Relationships, April 14th from 8.30 to 3.30, a one-day conference designed to help you practically use the Bible to be delivered from the distress of critical issues affecting you and the people you love. Identify and recover from abusive relationships, recognize codependency, and learn how to break free. All are welcome. Registration includes lunch. Sign up now at 412-246-4463 or visit bethanybaptist-pgh.org. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS 36. 
$27,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't know the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Don't wait. Call now. 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Salem Media Group of Pittsburgh, parent company of this station, is looking for a full-time traffic assistant receptionist to work 30 hours a week, 11 to 5, Monday through Friday. Previous radio experience with order entry as a board operator or working with logs is a must, along with a knowledge of radio terminology and traffic procedures. Assist with order entry, log prep and reconciliation and invoicing, plus front-end reception and other administrative duties. Apply now at wordfm.com slash jobs. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Rather cloudy tonight with a little bit of rain developing towards daybreak, low 45. Tomorrow, clouds will give way to some sunshine, turning windy and warmer with highs right around 70 degrees. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night, low 56. Friday, partly sunny, breezy, and even warmer with a high of 78 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, welcome in. Happy Wednesday to you, Kathy Emmons from the Word FM studios. My honor partner, John Hall, taking a couple days off. Now listen, it's warming up today. And for the next four days at least, I mean, that's as far as I saw in the forecast, but for the next four days, it is going to get warmer every day than it was the day before. I mean, if that is not enough reason to rejoice and be glad, let me just tell you, I have something even better for you. Mike, could you play me a song? Oh, yes. I'm telling you. So my hope is that the flyers right now are feeling a sense of trepidation, fear, dread. Just, I think emotional sickness is what I'm hoping for in the flyers because they realize this is the beginning of the end for them. New Mike uh, headed to the game tonight at the paint. But, you know, you got a ticket through some weird, like, you know, texting like ticket scheme thing yeah. and i want to know if you've gotten confirmation that you actually will be able to get into the building this evening i have not gotten any confirmation yet <laughs> so i'm really really uh mm-hmm. a little nervous about it yeah but don't worry because it's only five o'clock mike yeah okay yeah seriously time okay. is ticking though right time, time is, is ticking essence. all right um anyway our best wishes first of all to you mike because you are you are carrying the banner for us thank you best wishes to the pens tonight and listen coming up next if you're a fan of J.R.R. tolkien's uh lord of the rings if you're a fan of c.s lewis's narnia and if you are um additionally interested in history or especially world war one I, I have such a treat for you coming up next dr joe Lacante from the king's college is going to be with us 
He's written an absolutely seminal work about how the pre-World War I era in Britain and the war itself affected both Tolkien and Lewis, not just as, as persons, not just in their friendship, but how it affected and actually formed the, the works that we know them for so well, these seminal works of Western civilization, The Lord of the Rings and the Narnia Chronicles. So it's Joe LaConte. It's everything you need to know about Lewis, Tolkien, and World War I coming up next on today's Ride Home. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. Heaven can't be boring because Jesus is present. And yes, there's going to be fun in heaven. We will be the servants of God. We will have jobs and occupations. It's the ultimate upwardly mobile career path. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Yep, traffic. It is what it is. Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners, and cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me. With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek. There he was on the radio again. Kurt Knodek. Yeah, retire sooner. So I called Kurt. We just talked about life, family. It felt right. Then come to find out, Kurt's personalized retirement planning showed me retirement wasn't as far off as I thought. Now the only thing I'm missing is the traffic. Do you need a financial strategy for retirement? Let's talk. Accurate Solutions Group, 412-515-3355. That's 412-515-3355. Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Solutions Group, Inc. Give those old, saggy, leaky gutters a good spring cleaning the easy way by saying goodbye to them for good. Protect your home from water damage and stay off the ladder with LeafGuard, the only patented one-piece seamless covered gutter system. No more leaves and debris. LeafGuard attaches directly to the fascia with patented internal brackets using screws, not nails, so it's not coming down even in rough weather. Call 855-4-NEW-GUTTERS. And get LeafGuard now and take advantage of great savings like 75% off labor and installation. That's 855, the number four, new gutters. Call now and you'll even get a free $100restaurant.com gift card along with your in-home estimate. Call 855, the number four, new gutters and get LeafGuard today. 855, the number four, new gutters. All offers subject to terms and restrictions. See anglergutter.com slash current offers. Subject to change without notice. LeafGuard PA license PA126357. Great offers are blooming at errands. This weekend only, just one penny gets you started. Yes, you heard right. Walk in with a penny and walk out leasing to own the furniture, electronics, and appliances that you've always wanted. Plus, you don't need credit and delivery and setup are free. From April 13th to the 15th, come into a participating store or visit errands.com and get started with only one penny at errands. Transaction advertised is a rental purchase agreement. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. Word FM discount shopping club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping. Like today, get a Way twice as long for half the price. At Laurelville Christian Retreat Center, enjoy a two-night stay in their single-family cabin in a safe and scenic woodland environment, just 45 minutes from Pittsburgh, a $250 value, yours for just $125. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. 
It's hard for me to overstate the impact that J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis had on me as a, as a child. And as I was growing as a person and developing my faith perspective and my worldview, I mean, more than any theologian, more than any pastor, more than any preacher, I, I don't know what that says about me, but the fiction that these two men wrote, I mean, their stories is what spoke to me. And I guess I have always loved a story. And I think all humans love a story because, of course, we're in the middle, all of us, of the most gigantic story of the universe and the fight between good and evil. And maybe that's the thing that spoke to me as a kid, is I recognized that the the hardships of life that I was just like starting to notice those were all things that were working together in a, in a bigger story. And, and to this day, I mean, now I'm in my 40s, I, I, I look back at those stories I read as a kid. I, I look back at The Hobbit. I look back at the Chronicles of Narnia. And then I look at The Lord of the Rings. And I think more than any inspirational material outside the scriptures themselves, those books gave me hope. They gave me a sense of adventure. They gave me a sense of my own importance in this gigantic story that we're in. And so that's why I came to love a book that was printed a couple years ago called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. It's written by Joe LeConte. And let me tell you a little bit about Joe before I bring him on the air. Joe's associate professor of history at the King's College in New York City, where he teaches courses on Western civilization and American foreign policy. He's written a bunch of previous books, and his commentary on international human rights and religious freedom has appeared in the nation's leading media outlets, including the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post. He's a native of Brooklyn. He divides his time between New York and Washington, D.C., and I'll tell you the name of the book again because it is that good. A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. Welcome to the program, Joe LeConte. Kathy, it's terrific to be with you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. All right. So did were you a geek kid like me? I mean, were you reading those books when you were 11? You know. You know, you had a beautiful introduction there to this, and the answer is no. Um, I didn't come to read uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings until I was in my 40s. I was really? Working on my, I was doing my dissertation on John Locke at, at the King's College London, University of London. I was doing Locke during the day, and I picked up Tolkien. I was started reading the Lord of the Rings at night in a little London pub. And which is a good place to read it. And uh, I found myself so morally invigorated and challenged, yes. and and brought, and caught up in the story as you just described. I could not. I literally couldn't just put the book down. I looked forward to it every evening. I was there for the next five six months as I was doing my my dissertation work. So Tolkien, much later in life, Lewis, I discovered really when I came to faith, uh, became a Christian at the University of Illinois back as a sophomore, and I'm and I'm just grasping for things to help me understand this new faith and really kind of stumbled upon C.S. Lewis. Uh, Mere Christianity, I think, was the first thing I picked up, and then I was hooked from Mm -hmm. then on. Mm -hmm. So I've been a a, kind of a lifelong reader of of, uh, Lewis, but only recently in Tolkien. I think it was good that I came to Tolkien later in life because of the kind of the moral seriousness of that, of this incredible story, right? You know, it's amazing that so many kids read Lord of the Rings because it's not a book for kids. (laughs) I mean, it's really scary. It's really dark. And there are, I mean, when you're looking at, you know, uh, movie ratings for kids, you know, you'll see a PG-13 because of like a physical peril. Well, there's physical peril in that book from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. That's where I think, uh, you know, critics will have accused uh, Tolkien of, of escapism, you know, medieval escapism with his stories. But if you think about it, you don't escape anything. The sense of dread 
and horror and mm-hmm. loss. You know, there's that, that, that passage near the end of, of the book when they're on the way to Mordor, Frodo and, and Sam, to destroy the ring. And Sam has these, uh, Frodo has these words that are so poignant. He says, hope fails and end mm-hmm. comes. We have only a little time to wait now. We're lost in ruin and downfall, and there's no escape. Oh my That's where they are emotionally, right? Oh, yeah. What are you escaping? Well, you're, you're drawn into the reality of our lives, is what Tolkien has done. He's, it's the taproot of, of kind of our own lives, the struggle that we all have uh, with our lives, the things that come into our lives that make us feel exactly that way, right? And there's no way that Tolkien can write words like that without recognizing that life is like that. And I think that's what I love about your book, because it gives us the background to kind of show why Tolkien was the way he was, why Lewis was the way he was. So, so this centers around, um, around World, World War One. And, uh, Tolkien wrote this. This is a quote from your book. As the years go by, it seems now often forgotten that to be caught in youth in 1914 was no less a hideous experience than to be involved in 1939. And we tend, in retrospect, I think, to view World War Two as much more wretched than World War One. Yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And uh and Tolkien has made that point for us. If you're uh, a 19, 21, 22-year-old in the trenches in France, you're experiencing something that no human being has ever experienced. The 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 pounding, the bombardment. There's no let up uh for sometimes hours at a time. Uh, from enemy sh- uh, shellfire, watching your friends die, and he did. Most of his friends died in the conflict. His children said that the experience of that war, the First World War, left their father with a lifelong sadness. I mean, that's the reality of the thing, and it gives his work a realism and a poignancy. This is this is a man who's who's, who's seen death up close, and he's had to grapple with it, but he's done it through through the eyes of faith. And that's why it is ultimately a hopeful book, as you described in the opening. It's a deeply hopeful story, but it's a realistic story, isn't it? Right. It is a realistic story. And you have to live through the pain you know, yeah. to get to the joy at the end. You just have yes. to do it. And that's what, that's what yes. life is like. So talk yes. about, um, living through the pain. The years leading up to World War One, particularly yeah. in Europe, th- no one thought that World War One could possibly happen. <laughs> Yes, you know, there is such a mood of optimism. We tend to forget this sometimes. If you think about all the inventions that are coming online from 1900 to 1914, everything from the, the escalator uh, to, to Wilbur uh, Wright and or, Orville Wright and all the Wright brothers uh, in the first airplane, the, uh, uh, what do you call, automobiles are rolling off the assembly line, instant coffee. I mean, all kinds of things are coming online between 1900 and 1914. And so there's the sense that, boy, uh, technology is improving, medicine is improving, our whole style of life is improving, and man must be improving. And human nature is ripening to perfection, and at some point we're actually going to even do away with war. It's, we're not going to have any uh, conflicts anymore. And there are people who are actually believing that and preaching that from the pulpits. And so the shock and horror of the trenches of France, which just blows to smithereens this idea of what C.S. Lewis called the myth of progress, Mm -hmm. that human nature is ripening to perfection. That myth, I think that's probably the most commonly held view uh, among among Europeans and Americans going into the First World War uh, of, of European, Western, American superiority and progress. 
And it's those nations, those quote-unquote Christian nations of Europe, that then begin to engage in what you can only call a mutual suicide pact. Talk about Darwin's influence at this time, too. And, and the you know, the eugenics movement yeah. kind of, yeah. I don't know if it started then, but it certainly reached some intellectual prominence pre-World War One. Yeah, it's an excellent question, and it really feeds into this, this notion of the myth of progress. So Darwin gives, gives the world the biological theory of how organisms change and become more complex. But then you've got guys like Herbert Spencer. He's not a scientist. He's a social thinker. And he takes Darwin's biological theory, and he makes it a social theory, that, that the idea of competition and struggle and improvement, well, this is man's destiny. That's Herbert, that's Herbert Spencer, and that's social Darwinism. And so every improvement, any, every technological improvement, every invention, it's all seen as evidence of how human nature is getting better and better, how we're improving. And that leads in part to this whole eugenics movement. We can manipulate human nature, we can manipulate the gene pool through selective breeding. And this actually gives us in the United States, by the turn of the century, sterilization laws. Uh, states passing states in this country in the United States before anything's happening in Germany and Nazi long before Nazi Germany we have I don't know 10 12 or so states that are passing laws uh, demanding sterilization among those considered unfit the unfit that's social Darwinism and we have a Supreme Court justice Oliver Wendell Holmes who writes the opinion for the court in one of the notorious cases, Buck versus Bell, they will forcibly sterilize this young girl, uh, and the Supreme Court will sign off on it. And they are, it's just, it's Darwinian madness. And this is, not a, fr- this is not a fringe movement, Joe. This isn't like some, you know, right. uh, the equivalent of a weird blog site today that, you know, 30 yeah. people read. I mean, this was, this was mainstream thought. That's exactly right. That's not an exaggeration. The leading scientific institutions in this country and in Great Britain, and that's where the real cross-pollinization is, is going going on, the Anglo-American world, uh, whether it's the, uh, uh, the Smithsonian in Washington or uh, the New York uh, scientific societies here, whether it's Harvard, Yale, and Princeton, leading academics are promoting this theory. And, of course, there are pastors, uh, more liberal and progressive pastors, who are preaching the message of eugenics, literally eugenic sermons from the pulpit. Okay. That's where the country is wow. on the eve of the First wow. World War, wow. which so, is remarkable. So then where are Tolkien and Lewis? So Lewis is an atheist, I know, at this point, yeah. Um, yeah. pre-World War I. What, what's the belief system of J.R.R. Tolkien? Yeah, Tolkien is a believing Catholic. He's a very serious Catholic believer as he goes into the war. And I think probably everybody's faith is tested in some way going into that conflict. But his faith remains intact. The amazing thing about Lewis, not only does he go into the war as an atheist, but he comes out as an atheist, and I think he's kind of an atheist in a foxhole. The war really deepens, I think, his skepticism. And he's an aspiring poet when he's there in, in the trenches at 19 years old. He arrives on his 19th birthday. Lewis writes a poem. Uh, with lines that go uh, that read this way: "For all of our hopes in endless ruin lie. The good is dead. Let us curse God Most High." Mm. That is C.S. Lewis in about 1918. <laughs> How about that? Isn't How that amazing? about that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, yeah. so, and I, I guess that's what a major conflict does, and I don't just mean a war, but a major life conflict. It can often deepen mm. the the yeah. belief system we already have. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, uh, and this is where I, it was amazing and, and really encouraged, so deeply encouraging for me to study both the lives of these men, and, and particularly with Lewis, to see his movement from atheism into faith through some amazing circumstances. Clearly, God using the lives of other men in his life while he's a soldier, immediately after the war, when he meets J.R.R. Tolkien in mm -hmm. 1926 at Oxford, and that becomes a transformative friendship for him. But even when he's in the trenches, he says, uh, he's meeting people like Lawrence Johnson, who's not even a Christian, but Johnson is a theist. And so he and Johnson are debating theology when there'd be a lull in the fighting. And it's just an amazing kind of thing that God is getting his attention with men like, uh, like Lawrence Johnson, who's kind of Lewis's intellectual sparring partner. He respects him. But he's never really encountered a guy quite like him in his young life who takes morality deadly seriously, and he's a man of integrity, a man of who's seeking the truth, and that just begins to rattle him a little bit right there in the trenches in France. Joe, talk about the perspective that uh, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien had about the military. Yeah, I was, I, I had never thought about the Thirty Years' War until I read your book. But reading mm. about the Thirty Years' War, which happened hundreds of years before, yeah. um, the context that that at the conclusion of that Thirty Years' War, religious conflicts were going to cease, right? We weren't going to have those anymore. We were going to be working yeah. as a secular state. The secular yeah. state was going to be protected by the military. We were going to be in a better place. We were, we were going to be rational people now and not motivated yeah. by the age-old problems that religion brought to us. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, what, so what did that mean for Lewis and Tolkien as they were looking at the lives they had, and how did Britain view the military and the whole gear up to World War One? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think initially, because the soldiers are told, generally speaking, this is going to be a short war, and things are going to be better at the end. Yeah, it starts mm -hmm. in August of 1914. You'll be home before the leaves fall from the trees. You'll be home before Christmas. That's what these guys are being told. So there's a, there's a lot of enthusiasm among the soldiers. Many uh, British men will sign up uh, as a, entire communities. They'll enlist together and, and, and sustain their friendships through the war. So there's this enthusiasm going in. I'm not sure it's fair to say that they were necessarily holy warriors going in, although some were, and the ministers were, help, were helping to try to turn it into a holy war in the way that they were uh, invoking God and mm, condemning right. Germany as the great Satan. So there was a lot of religious language that the ministers were using. I think the soldiers, they're going into this thing initially very enthusiastic. But then when things start to bog down by, by 1916, two years into this thing, and you've got several million people dead and basically a stalemate. That's when Tolkien goes into the war uh, as a young man, 24 years old. So here he is at the Battle of the Somme in, in July of 1916, which becomes the, the first day of the Battle of the Somme is the deadliest single day in British military history. Tolkien will join the battle soon after. So he sees things. He goes in pretty reluctantly. He's not a holy warrior. He's reluctant about uh, going in. He desperately wants to go back to Oxford and then finish his studies and be a professor. And it's the same for Lewis, who comes in in 1917. He is a reluctant warrior. Uh, they both love their country. They're patriotic men. Uh, but they are not um, hyper-nationalistic. They're going to do their bid for, 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 for God and, and country. Um, for king and country, but um, uh, they would love to get out of this thing intact 
<laughs> just to survive the thing intact and get on with their careers. To them, it's a terrible, terrible interruption of their ambitions as, as aspiring academics. We're talking to Joseph Leconte, Associate Professor of History at the King's College in New York City. We're talking about a book he published a couple years back, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, which has spawned a brand new five-part documentary, which will be coming out at the end of this year. We need to take a break, but when we come back, more conversation about the history of J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Individual results may vary. Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew I knew this was going to be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. It has completely, completely changed our lives. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 7 Two four three nine zero nine zero one two. That's seven two four three nine zero ninety twelve. Business is booming, and so is Christian Business Partners, where you'll find allies who share your values as you seek to serve God in and through your daily work. Now with seven chapters throughout the region, including new groups in Monroeville and Ambridge. Find weekly encouragement from eight fifteen to nine thirty a.m. as you enjoy prayer and Bible study, fellowship, trade referrals, and make friends. Find your Christian business partners at cbp316.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals, seeking a skilled labor position, or administrative work. Maybe you're an executive looking for a career that fits. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. Visit ExpressPros.com slash Pittsburgh West. Concerned about the safety of your business, church, or school? The time to act is now. Join Word FM and Salem Media Group for a special safety and security conference Tuesday, April 17th from 8.30 to 2.30 at Hillside Christian Community Church in Carnegie. Hear industry experts on risk assessment, active shooter and crisis management, cybersecurity, liability, security plan development, and hear simple steps you can take now to be prepared. Lives depend on it. Space is limited. Keyword security at wordfm.com. 
Rather cloudy tonight with a little bit of rain developing towards daybreak, low 45. Tomorrow, clouds will give way to some sunshine, turning windy and warmer with highs right around 70 degrees. Partly cloudy and mild tomorrow night, low 56. Friday, partly sunny, breezy, and even warmer with a high of 78 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Continuing a conversation with Dr. Joseph Leconte, Associate Professor of History at the King's College in New York City, where he teaches courses on Western civilization and American foreign policy. Joe has written books about many things, but my favorite of his works is what we're talking about today, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, How J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis Rediscovered Faith, Friendship, and Heroism in the Cataclysm of 1914 to 1918. This has spawned a brand new five-part documentary film series that is going to be premiering at the end of 2018. And we'll talk about that as our conversation unfolds. Joe, anyone who's read uh, C.S. Lewis, and I'm talking specifically about the Narnia Chronicles, or has read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, knows that the conflict is the heart of what's happening, right? Um, You know, so in the center of every story, whether it's a personal story, it's a national story, it's a mythical story, there's a conflict, right? Or or a war. And so you you, uh, posit in this book that these two men were formed by this conflict, World War I, that they served in as soldiers. So can you talk about their war experience and then how that ends up translating into the work they produced? Yeah, it's an excellent question. It's a big question. And in, and in some ways, Kathy, it's not only the First World War, and this is a point uh, I need to strengthen a bit as we talk about it. It's also the Second World War, because mm-hmm. if you think about it, their lives are really bracketed right, by war. Right, right, sure. They both endure the trenches of France. They live through that war, the cataclysm of that thing, and then they now have to... Right, 20 years later, they're doing it again. Seconds. They're doing right. it again. And so we don't know what that's like. You and I don't no. know what it's like to have gone through that, that, that kind of furnace twice. Right. But the, the, the experience of the First World War, uh, their experience was similar to so many men of their generation in that Tolkien experiences uh, the, the trenches uh, up close. He's under shell fire, and that's when he actually begins writing bits and pieces of his, of his epic mythology. Literally under shell fire, he's starting to lay the groundwork for Middle Earth. Wow. Uh, when he, it just shows you how creative he was. He just had to get it out, right? But he suffers uh, trench fever. You know, it's a bacterium, and that takes him out of the war, essentially. By 1918, he's out of the war, and he's safe. C.S. Lewis arrives on his 19th birthday, uh, also in France along the Western Front, intense fighting, about five months of that. A, a, uh, a shell goes off very close to Lewis, obliterates his sergeant, and then the fragments from that shell will uh, knock him unconscious. In three different places, shrapnel will wound him, and he'll be dragged out of the battlefield. He'll recover uh, in a hospital uh, in uh, in London, and that will get him out of the war safely. The best kind of wound, really. It doesn't debilitate him for the rest of his life, but it gets him out of the conflict. So they saw this stuff up close. They watched their friends die. And then what I began to wonder as I worked on this book, you know, how did the experience of war influence their literary imagination? And I think it's at a couple of different levels. Um, I'll, I'll just mention one quickly here. Yeah. Look, as you just mentioned, uh, conflict, if you think about it, the Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia, war is pretty close to the center of the thing. And I think one of the things that they became clear to them is war is a permanent feature of the human condition, at least on this side of eternity. We can't escape it, because there will be evil forces in the world that will rise up and act in a, in a, in a, in a 
the completely aggressive way. The will to power is alive in us, it's alive in the world, and it cannot be avoided. And war, tragic as it is, will just, it will be necessary again. And that just, you see that in their stories, don't you, in both their stories? Yeah, of course, absolutely. And the, and the idea that the individual is, has, has agreed to something that they didn't realize the scope of. Yeah. You know, this is, this is what's so important, I think, about appreciating their achievements in what they've written, because in the 1920s, after the First World War, the idea that the individual even matters or can make a difference, that's just it's falling away in, in, in certainly in elite thinking, but even in popular thinking, because of the, the industrial slaughter of the First World War, it seemed to make heroism a joke. Patriotism is for fools. The individual can't make a difference. He's just caught up in the machine. And so here you have Tolkien and Lewis, by the time they start writing their epic works, they are pushing back against that idea mm-hmm. in a major way. And they're saying, no, the individual, the weakest individual, can make a difference mm-hmm. if he decides to choose God's, God's call. If he joins God's mission and God's cause, if he joins the light instead of the darkness, the individual can and must make a difference. That's a powerful oh. theme. Clearly, in both their works, uh, whether it's Frodo, the hobbits, or it's uh, or it's the the uh, the children uh, there in Narnia, a Lucy or a, a mouse named Reepy Cheep, it's these mm-hmm. little creatures who are making this immense difference in the conflict. That is so Tolkien, so Lewis, but it's so countercultural. That's the big point. It's so countercultural in the nineteen twenties and thirties to write stories like that. And that is what is so important about these books, and what can change people as they read them, why they think there's why I think they are so vital and remain so. We're talking to Joe LaConte, a hobbit, a wardrobe, and a great war. More conversation about Lewis and Tolkien coming up next. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Grace is absolutely contrary to human nature. Materialism says, buy your way out. Philosophy says, think your way out. But the grace of God is the way out. Learn more about God's amazing grace when you tune in for Adrian Rogers' study this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Hey, I'm Brand. Maybe you've heard me talking about MediShare, but now I give you my friend Sherry. Yes, I have loved MediShare. Loved it. Is that all you have to say? Because this will be a really short. <laughs> no, I really do love it. I've saved hundreds a month. And overall, I just think it's a better choice of a healthcare program for me. I'm really happy with it. And honestly, normally, I don't even like talking about this stuff. Nobody does. But MediShare is different. MediShare members share each other's healthcare bills. We pray for each other. It's a not-for-profit, so we all save money. True. Tell them about the thing. What too, thing? The online thing. Oh, yeah, I used that the other night. MediShare members can now access a doctor online 24-7. You can get a prescription for the flu or something just that fast. So MediShare can save you hundreds a month. You get to be part of the community. You get a huge network of doctors and providers to choose from. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. It's all pretty awesome. The final verdict from Jerry. So call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. 
Bible. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our Red Spring House vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction, like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. What they'll do is they'll come in and quote you a high price to start, and then they will price drop until you say yes. Energy Swing's Steve Renekamp on why some companies resort to high pressure when selling windows and doors. They don't want you to talk to anybody else. They don't want you to be educated in making your decision. Do some homework. Look at reviews. Don't take everything they say as gospel. If they tell you we use our own people, ask for verification of that. Energy Swing has a lot of very positive reviews. Everybody on your property is an Energy Swing employee, totally covered by our workplace compensation program. We don't resort to pressure because we want them to feel comfortable. When people make a decision to go with us, they feel that we are going to deliver on what we promise. And we've got the history to prove that. Better Business Bureau Ethics Award three times, the reviews we have online, the experience of all our customers is verification that we do the right thing. Right now, get $200 off every window, $500 off every entry and patio door, plus 5% off for word listeners only. Visit energyswingwindows.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Join Steelers coach Mike Tomlin, sports analyst Tunch Jilkin, Leon Scrump from Atlanta, and Ed Glover of Urban Impact for Man Up Pittsburgh, Saturday, June 9th at Victory Family Church in Cranberry. Come experience fellowship, prayer, and worship while hearing powerful messages and breakout sessions, all designed for us to up our games as godly men and mentors. From high schoolers to grandfathers, this is for you. Register today at manuppittsburgh.org. That's manuppittsburgh.org. Hosted by Urban Impact and brought to you locally by Chick-fil-A of Pittsburgh. with Dr. Joseph LeConte, Associate Professor of History at the King's College in New York City, where he teaches courses on American foreign policy, Western civilization, and has come to love J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, which has caused him to produce a wonderful book, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, How J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis Rediscovered Faith, Friendship, and Heroism in the Cataclysm of 1914 to 1918. And this has inspired a brand new five-part documentary film series that will be premiering at the end of 2018. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. So, Joe, you've laid out for us, you know, two men who were products of their time, as we all are, um, and caught up in a military conflict like millions of other people around the world yeah. in World yeah. War One. Um, and, of course, as bystanders, as, as British citizens during World War Two. But I want to know yeah. how they met. Um, talk yeah. about how how they developed a friendship and what that bond was like. 
Yeah, you know, a lot of fans of Tolkien and Lewis don't even realize that they were friends, which is kind of fascinating. They didn't they didn't know each other in the war, but because both of them are these aspiring writers and academics, they meet at Oxford in 1926, and what they figure out pretty quickly is they both love myths. They both love stories about heroes struggling against great odds, whether it's in ancient literature, you know, Virgil, Homer, mm-hmm. or it's more, more not modern, but more medieval stuff, King Arthur. They love these mythic epic stories. And that brings them together in 1926. Tolkien is a believing Catholic. Lewis is still a kind of atheist agnostic uh, in the mid-20s. And the, the gift that these two guys owe each other, and there's a wonderful book about their friendship by Colin Doria, is called The Gift of Friendship, uh, about the friendship between these two men. I, so I have to recommend that book from Colin, uh, a terrific book. They, uh, the gift that they owe each other is it's just incalculable, because on the one hand, it's Tolkien and his relationship with Lewis and his sh- sharing of his own Catholic Christian faith and the idea of myth. Because Lewis, as an atheist, he's hung up on this idea that Christianity just sounds like another myth, right. another false story. Another and medieval Tolkien, story, right, or another pre-medieval false story. medieval, ancient story, pagan story, the pagan gods. And what Tolkien helps him to see is, no, this is the myth that became fact. And all of the other myths are kind of an intimation of this great myth of God becoming man, it's the one myth that's true, the myth that became fact. That conversation that they had in 1931, they talked until three in the morning. C.S. Lewis says that that conversation with Tolkien was the immediate human cause of his conversion Mm. to Christianity. So that's an incredible debt that he owes to Tolkien. Now, Tolkien has a debt, though, to Lewis. And Lewis had this great capacity to hear things read out loud and then to respond with constructive, helpful criticism. So Tolkien starts sharing these stories about hobbits and orcs and elves <laughs> with Lewis. And it becomes his confidant and his great cheerleader. The way that, uh, the way that Tolkien put it was, he, meaning C.S. Lewis, was for long my only audience. Only from him did I ever get the idea that my stuff could be more than a private hobby. And he says if it wasn't for C.S. Lewis, he never would have brought The Lord of the Rings to a conclusion. He read out loud virtually every chapter of The Lord of the Rings to, to C.S. Lewis, and Lewis just couldn't get enough. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that remarkable? Now, Lewis having a background in medieval language and medieval literature, you said he already loved myth. And yeah. so this is, yeah. I mean, this the the literary weight of this book, and I'm saying this for our, for our listeners who haven't read it, is it yeah. can fit into that evolution of of literary thought and presentation i mean this is this stands along with those as one of the greatest works of of story of conflict yeah. and of of yeah. the elevation of the average person yeah i think you're absolutely right what tolkien does is something that no one else had done in the 20th century he takes this ancient medieval idea of the epic hero and he reinvents it for the modern mind and so it bears a kind of realism and poignancy mm-hmm. that nobody expects. It's not escapism. It brings us, it brings us into a world that it challenges us. It challenges us to step up, to step into the light, to fight against evil. And so as, as Lewis put it in a review, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, we find ourselves not relaxing after reading Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. We find ourselves freshly vigilant. Mm-hmm. We're just drawn in this amazing story. And you're right. It, he's done something that no one else uh, had even attempted to do. And he redefined the whole the genre 
of of mythology and and the fairy tale, which had kind of fallen out of fashion, really, especially after the First World War. No one wants to write, hardly anyone wants to write stories like that. And there's Tolkien taking it on in this epic way that captures uh, really the imagination of an entire generation. And still, of course, uh, it, it does that with every succeeding generation. There's no let up in sales and interest in this story, is there? No, there isn't. And C.S. Lewis, this is a famous quote of his, and I, this is this is a loose quotation. But he said, yeah, you know, yeah. since children are going to grow up in a world of, of dragons and giants, then yeah. let's least show the children that the giants can be overcome. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's part of, I guess, the enduring appeal of both their stories, The Lord of the Rings and The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, that the the smallest individual, the hobbit, and this is what Tolkien said about his hobbits, he says, my Sam Gamgee was indeed a reflection of the ordinary English soldier that I fought alongside in the 1940s. Oh, isn't that that fantastic? Think about that. Isn't that, Kathy, isn't that amazing? So that one of the most popular, beloved figures in, in 20th century fiction the Hobbit is based on the ordinary English soldier in the trenches in France. Just now, the just the most average amazing. of people. <laughs> the most average of people. Okay, so because let, they did their duty. They yeah. Did their duty. Okay. They so so yeah. so let me bring let me bring the conversation then to Lewis because I'm thinking about the beauty of um, of the children of um, of yeah. the four who who don't recognize at the beginning that they are sons and daughters. Of Narnia, that they are the kings and the queens, yes. and yes. you know I've used that a lot in 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 raising my daughters because they're yeah. we we wow. just used we read Narnia so much and it just became so much a part of our I don't know our understanding and our language, but you know we would meet people who weren't believers yet, and and we would yeah. say things to each other like they don't know yet that they're sons yeah. and daughters of of Aslan, they don't know yet, they don't know that they're kings and queens, mm. but but wow. they are. That's the reality of it is that they are, right? So that's what Lewis tells us is that you can feel like you're an average person, but you just don't know yet that you yes. have that you have the kingship and you can use that for good or ill. Yes, and the last thing you said is especially important. You can use that for good or for ill. You have choices to make, right? The choices of these individuals. Remember that scene in uh, in Prince Caspian where where Aslan has asked Lucy to do something she just doesn't want to do, you know, waking up her, her siblings to go on this dangerous sort of quest. She just doesn't want to do it. And the way Lewis describes that in Prince Caspian, the, as the story plays out, Lucy says, oh, I mustn't think about it. I must just do it. And then as the narrative goes on, you, you read, she could feel lion strength going into mm-hmm. her. Now you are a lioness, mm-hmm. Aslan said, and now all of Narnia will be renewed. Mm-hmm. It's all because this little girl chose to do the right thing. Such a small wow. thing. A small thing. Just yeah. a, just a yeah. little, just a little, little thing. So and that so much hinges on it. Yeah. yeah and I mean. so that capacity that Lewis uh, grabs onto, which is that our, uh, you know, our regency as humans, as the pinnacle of creation, yeah. gives us a tremendous responsibility. And that is That's that right. we can usher in beauty and goodness and light, but we can just yes. as easily, even more easily, usher in all the yes. darkness of the orcs right. and of the mechanized destruction right. that happened in World right. War I. Right, and again, I think this is part of their achievement. They they realize the will to power is a real force in the world, and we have to resist it. Uh, and if, if you think about their stories, especially Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, there's really hardly any character in the story who isn't tempted by the ring, who, who wouldn't be corrupted by the ring. 
there are no two-dimensional characters in the story. That's why this is not escapist fantasy. This is life as we find mm-hmm. it. We can mm-hmm. all be tempted into the dark side and become traitors. And Lewis, in his own way, in a more kind of subdued and careful way, because he's writing really for, for young children, uh, uh, you have the same kind of theme. <laughs> the children can betray the cause and be drawn into the, into the net of the white witch. And so this idea of individual choice and moral responsibility, but, the, but think about it, the crucible here uh, is war. War is the crucible for moral and spiritual growth. It can either lead people into, into grace, into, into God and his great mission, into Christ, or it can lead them into darkness. But it's war that's the crucible mm-hmm. for both these men. All right, and you, you brought up an important point, I think, which is that both of these men loved myth they loved story yeah. but not as escapist right but because right. the real world has those qualities and they wanted to convey yeah. i think that's important because there's yeah. a lot of fantasy uh yeah. stories out there that truly are just escapist they just you know give you something to think about for six hours and then they're over but that's not what the lord yeah. of the rings is and it's not what narnia was no they're not And if you think about how these stories conclude it's especially true think about it um, the the uh, the protagonists they really can't achieve victory on their own. If you think about it, Frodo doesn't really succeed in his quest, does he? Uh, this is spoiler alert for your audience here. <laughs> he, he he puts the at the end at the at the you know, at the Mount uh, Mount Doom over there. He puts the ring back on his on his finger and says, "The ring is mine." And so it's Gollum who bites the, the, his finger and, and gets the ring. It's Gollum who then slips into the cracks of doom and perishes. It's not Frodo or the Fellowship who, who ultimately are successful. It's a sudden and miraculous grace. That's the way Tolkien describes it, a sudden and miraculous grace. In other words, a power of, of a source of grace and goodness outside of us that has to intervene and rescue us. And that's the same, it's the same truth in the Chronicles of Narnia, isn't it? You know, the last battle. It's the children are in the stable, right. and they think it's the end. They think this is it. Where, where Poggin says, I, I, I would rather have died a thousand deaths than be going into the stable where it's just death and destruction. But what happens? Well, Aslan has returned, and he's turned the stable into a portal into his country, mm-hmm. into his kingdom. Well, that's grace beyond us. That's not how our escapist stories work today in the 21st century, right? It's the superhero, uh, the super cop, uh, the super uh, zombie fighter, uh, uh, achieving victory on his or her own terms. But these guys, they need help from the outside. They need grace. They need divine grace. And that's what both these stories communicate in very, to me, powerful, enduringly uh, relevant ways. Jill Laconte is with us, Associate Professor of History at the King's College in New York City. The book is called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, uh, the brand-new five-part documentary series coming out at the end of 2018. Um, last question for you as our time is just about up, Joe. Uh, yeah. Talk about this documentary series coming out in November of 2018. Um, what's yeah. it going to be like? Yeah, thanks for that question. Uh, the reason we want to get this out in November is because this coming November 11th, 2018 will mark the centennial of the end of the First World War. So there's going to be a huge cultural conversation in this country and around the world about the meaning of the war. And we as Christians, Christian filmmakers, we want to speak into that moment with a message of hope. So if your audience is willing to go to my little website here, 
hobbitwardrobe.com. We need some help. We need support to pull this thing off, this film off, because we're doing it on our own dime, our own time. And we think it's a great project, a great message, but we do need help. Hobbitwardrobe.com. We're very excited about this. We think uh, 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 an outfit like Netflix or Amazon.com will eat this thing up, but we've got to go with the product finished. We can't just sell them a script. Otherwise, they won't tell the story we want to tell. They won't tell the truth about the thing. We want to tell the truth about the thing. Right. Well, you know, you, you consider me enlisted in your fighting force because because as I said at the beginning of our segment, there's just no two authors that have yeah. done more for my perspective wow. on on suffering, my perspective on difficulty, yeah. my perspective on joy than wow. these two authors. I mean, I can't say enough about it. Yeah. So in, your, um, in the trailer for the documentary piece, Neil Ferguson said, if we lose the ability yeah. to communicate the value of these books to the next generation, yeah. then I shall fear for our yeah. civilization. These, yeah. these two writers, these works are that important. Yeah, that's what Ferguson says, who's you know, one of the most acclaimed British living historians today. He says, and I agree with him, these works are the introduction or an introduction to Western civilization, mm-hmm. the values, the ideals that we hold close and that have to be passed on. And these stories pass on that, of course, with the Christian message at the heart of it. That's an amazing thing. It's war, it's friendship. And it's beauty. If I had to summarize mm-hmm. what these men achieve, what, what it's all about, it's the war that makes their friendship possible. It's their friendship that, that makes possible these incredible works of moral beauty. That's a story worth mm, telling. It sure is. And congratulations on investing so much of your personal time, your research time with these two authors. I mean, you, you I, I'm sure you've never looked back, right? You thought, I've just, this is time well spent. This is one of the best things I've done in a long time. Mm, I'm very excited to be part of this project. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. Always happy to have Joe LaConte with us. The book is called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. That's also the name of the new five-part documentary film series that will be premiering in November of 2018. Listen, I will have information about this project on our uh, website, johnandkathyshow.com. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter, and on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. There's an easy link there. You have to go on and look at the trailer. I'm telling you, if you are a Tolkien fan, if you are a Lewis fan, you're going to want to get behind this project. So stay with us. There's much more coming up on today's. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Are you a Word FM fan club member? If not, what are you waiting for? Get early bird information on local concerts and events, discount tickets, and exclusive contests for cash, trips, and more. Sign up for free at wordfm.com. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. There's a girl in El Salvador who dreams of becoming an engineer. There's an elder in Uganda who dreams of having a community to call his own. No two dreams are the same. Help one person achieve theirs at unbound.org. This is Alistair Begg, and this summer I'll be visiting many historic sites made famous over 500 years ago during the Reformation. I invite you to join me on this multi-city tour in Europe that includes a world-class cruise down the scenic Danube River, and along the way we'll study the Bible together and discover what insights the early reformers gained from Scripture. 
Join me on this remarkable journey. The Reformation Tour and Viking River Cruise, July 31st through 12th with Alistair Begg. Details at wordfm.com. What costs less than a Kate Spade purse and is better than a box of chocolates? Well, you wouldn't know because you're a guy. It's the Mother's Day gift that will make you a star with the ladies of your life. Just go to wordfm.com and give her the gift of a ladies' night out. Friday, May 11th, Mother's Day weekend with the very funny Amy Barnes. Live at Impact Christian Church in Moon Township. A night of shopping, dining, and side-splitting entertainment. Ladies' night out, Friday, May 11th at Impact Christian Church. RSVP now. Keyword ladies at wordfm.com. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on today's Ride Home. Uh, isn't that a fabulous conversation? I mean, thinking about author Joe LaConte that we, we just spoke with over the last half hour or so. I mean, the idea that the books that we have come to love so well, like Lord of the Rings and Narnia, that they were birthed during World War One, and that those stories that have become, you know, part of our recreation and also part of our understanding of what Western civilization is like, they were they were birthed at times of unbelievable conflict. I mean, the thought that J.R.R. Tolkien was coming up with the very beginnings of Lord of the Rings when he was sitting in a trench in World War One. I. I mean, it just, I don't know. To me, it gives a much greater perspective on the greatness of those books. So, hey, if, if you're at home tonight, you've got a copy. This is the perfect time to pull it out, except that you have to wait until after the game's over. Okay, so Lord of the Rings, Narnia, they can wait until after the Pens beat the Flyers tonight. Okay, it's coming up at PPG Paints. Um, I think game time is seven ten. Um, New Mike is going to be there. He's you know taking all of our positive vibes with him. And so all I can say at this point is, first off, thanks for joining me today. And second of all, let's go Pens! The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. President Trump loves walls. Besides a border wall with Mexico, he wants 